Hello, Rachel. Hey, Brian. How was your week? Amazing. For the first time, we can say things are looking up. And that is why this episode is going to be focused on the yups. That's right. One time only, this is Yup. The podcast where we get turned up. So this is a, a week of yups. We are going to do all yups. And then normally when we do a yup at the end, we're going to flip the script and do a little nope at the end. A little nope, but an entertaining nope. And I, I mean, I do think we should acknowledge that we are in the midst of an attempted coup. No, la, um, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, after living in Nopeland for four years, I just want to explain our rationale. We're we're drawing inspiration from the Biden-Harris transition team, and we're just going to move forward, and we're not going to let these delusional clowns harsh our mellow, at least this week. Act no, like, not, not like today, Satan. Act like there's nothing going on, because there is nothing going on. If we just ignore it, it will go away. It will go away. Itself. Okay, move forward. Okay. Okay, so okay. Rachel, where 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 were you when it happened? What were you doing? How did you react? Yeah, so um, I was glued to MSNBC for like the fourth day in a row on Saturday, and my eyes were like being held open like in a clockwork <laughs> orange, and... Some numbers came in from Pennsylvania and Josh and I were shouting into the TV, just fucking call it already. What are you doing? And like they heard they heeded our calls like Mika Brzezinski, like <laughs> looked out from the television and declared Joe Biden the winner. And Josh and I were both screaming and Coco was like, what the hell is going on? And I, you're I just, free, like, Coco, you're free. <laughs> She was like, mm. and I just, I wasn't prepared for how big of a, a catharsis it would feel like, you know, and I was just jubilant. And I went outside with AJ to ride his scooter and um, he saw a group of kids from the neighborhood and a couple of them hail from this house with this big uh, don't tread on me flag oh. on the front lawn. <laughs> so like, I didn't want to gloat in front of the parents so why, I had not? To like keep, why not I had to keep my excitement bottled up I just didn't want to be an asshole you know and then like after that um when the kids were done playing we went over to our neighbor's house and they were having this little outdoor champagne toast for my parents who uh left for Florida this week and uh, Joe Biden and Kamala stole their thunder so we just you know we wound up dressing up in like Uncle Sam hats and getting pleasantly drunk so I'm sorry to my mom and dad who didn't have the celebration they may have envisioned but they were happy to <laughs> happily sacrifice their <laughs> yes. center of attention for a slightly more important one well I, I was home I was actually uh working out with my trainer here and I know that sounds fancy but that's the one indulgence I allow myself during this pandemic is you don't have to apologize my trainer comes Just to my house and I started my phone started blowing up with text messages and I like pushed him aside turned on the tv and then I started to hear the pots and pans and bells and and foghorns going off out in the street so yeah. I flung open the window and we went out on the fire escape and started 
cheering and the neighbors across the street who I never don't even know who they are. We're all like cheering together with each other. I tear up a little bit. I called you. I called a few other people. Yeah, you sent me a video. It was very emotional. I, I felt bad that I wasn't in the city. Like it just seemed like no. such a moment to be there. It was the place to be. And then I was already supposed to meet up uh, that afternoon with my friend named Sam. We were going to have a uh, who you know, we were going to have a like nice socially distanced, you know, couple hours in Washington Square Park, which is a nice place to meet up outside. And little did we know that that was going to be the center of the action. So we met up anyway. We stopped at a few bars along the way, did a shot or two here and there. We got up there. It was like the most riotous street party. It was amazing. Singing and dancing and chanting. And then we went up and we went for a little walk. We sort of wove our way north and west into Chelsea. And uh, we were just walking around and uh, we saw a small group of people, like maybe two dozen people. And maybe they were like NYU students who were like marching down the street, chanting something awesome. So they, as they passed us, we were like, oh, well, why don't we join this little crowd and we'll, yeah. we'll march and chant a little bit. <laughs> so we did that. And I'm not much of a marcher or a chanter. But um, the, the on this day, you did both. <laughs> right. Why on this night of all nights? <laughs> I decided to march and chant. So sure enough, we go down like uh, 8th Avenue to 14th Street and we turn on 14th Street towards Union Square. And sure enough, people start gathering into the crowd. And by the time we hit like Fifth Avenue, there must have been 200 people in this crowd. Um, just people kept joining and incredible like chants. And then we got stopped at a red light. And because we're all law abiding citizens, we stopped at the red light. And then someone started up front and then everybody, including myself, took a knee at the nice. at the red light and um although i support the taking of the knee i've never had the uh contextual opportunity to do it myself it felt quite good it felt quite good to do it in that context with all of those other amazing people and then we just continued on and the the party went on so it was a beautiful wonderful and meaningful experience for me and also could the weather have been better i know this moment? god like, smiled was, <laughs> yes like it just felt like everything was going right it really was a monumental day no matter where you were it was just great so i will always remember it as happy as i was as sad as i was on this day four years on that day four years ago that was i was more than happier uh this day this week yes so yes. yep to our personal experiences uh, let's move in we have so many yups to go through on this so my my speaking of emotional moments my next big emotional moment was uh i guess it was a couple days later when they had the biden harris victory uh parking lot <laughs> rally um, and to me, the speeches were great, of course. They were very presidential and vice presidential. But to me, it was me, that it, night, actually. It was that was it, same It was night. that very night? Oh, yeah, I guess it, it was. was. Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. 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 It I seems like it, all like, that time like, is expanding. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> like a wrinkle in time. Uh, yeah, so that night. Um, but it was the playlist. Everybody's talking about the playlist, and there's nothing like music to get your blood jumping. Does blood jump? I don't know. My, <laughs> no, blood, no. my blood was. <laughs> Jumping. Blood flowing. <laughs> right. Curdling. Um, Pulse jumping. And, yeah. and it was it was just such an incredible... Con I'll go through some of the songs. It's like a little mini summer music series here. But it was such a contrast to the Trump playlist at his rally, which was like a random... like It was like a lunatic shuffle iPod that like just yes. randomly picked songs. And that's how he came up with Macho Man. But then he also had like Tiny Dancer and like 
Gnarls Barkley's crazy. Like, yes. these are supposed to be dog whistles. He couldn't even get the dog whistles right. Like, they were, And you can't crazy. always get what you want. That was a big one. <laughs> right? Like, half of these were, like, completely contrary to what a <laughs> what a uh, election rally would be. Okay, but the Biden-Harris team put together this playlist brilliantly. They didn't need dog whistles because whatever messaging it was, we were singing it at the top of our lungs. These are songs with with relevance, with meaning, with exuberance. So let's go through some of the songs that they played and um, we'll uh, ruminate on them a little bit. So before anyone came up, I don't even know if they, they played much of this or if you could hear it, but they played uh, Let's Go Crazy by Prince, which I think was a nod to Minnesota which was mm-hmm. one of the the early Keystone states that fell into place. And then they played uh, I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross, which, of course, is a big gay anthem. Um, yes. Even though if it's unclear if the song was actually written about that, it's certainly been appropriated for that. Then uh, my favorite, I think, was um, what you just heard, Hall & Oates, You Make My Dreams Come True. Uh, which is an iconic happy song. It's like the, the look up happy song in the dictionary. And a there's hit. a definition of a hit. hit like... right? That's right. <laughs> Actually, wasn't that big of a hit when it came out in 1981. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, so pri- good. Private Eyes and Kiss on My List were much bigger hits from that year or two. But uh, You Make My Dreams Come True, I think, has stood the test of time better than Private Eyes. Um, oh, yes. 100%. I, defy, I defy any Gen Zer to sing <laughs> Private Eyes, but they can all sing You Make My you Dreams Come True. <laughs> yes. Private Eyes is very creepy, actually. <laughs> yes, it's very, very stalky. And, um, and of course, of course, the song was in 500 Days of Summer with that incredible, like, dance down the street scene with Jordan Gor- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, and that, too, had a geographic connection because um, they're from Philly, Hall & Oates. And I think that was his way of acknowledging Philadelphia and Pennsylvania to thank yes. him. Yeah. So um, and then uh, Joe's walk on music was Coldplay, Sky Full of Stars, which was extremely, extremely meaningful because it was his late son Bo's favorite song, so much oh. so that Chris Martin of play, uh, Coldplay played it at his funeral. Um, oh, I did not know that. So everything about Joe Biden's biography is, of course, compelling. But then can you imagine that cathartic moment for him oh when he's God. walking up to, you know, to basically declare victory as president of the United States and there's Poe's favorite song playing uh, at a million, a million uh What's that? Watts? I don't know. <laughs> Decibels. <laughs> a million watts. Kilojoules. <laughs> Okay, Uh, and then uh, uh, Jill Biden's walk on music was the the higher love Whitney Houston Kygo remix, which was also made in collaboration with Avicii, long lost, Um, and uh, that. that you have a theory about that one so the lyrics are of course inspiring but whitney is uh, or is connected to atlanta right atlanta she lived in atlanta for a long time um her daughter bobby christina lived in atlanta and sadly died in atlanta there's a lot of dead and people in this it's very sad yeah but i mean this song is so great and we actually um talked about this song when it came out it was a yup for us because we were so inspired by the iconic stylings of Whitney Houston and who, who wrote this song Higher Love who's who, Steve Winwood Steve with, Winwood with, yes with, with Shaka Khan singing in the background at the background right, and right. it won like so, Grammy for song of the year so it's a, a, a formidable song in its own right made even better 
with Whitney. She had a gospel choir. I think it was unreleased though, and they dug it up and remixed it. And... They dug it up in 2018, yeah, because it was it was made I think uh, like almost 10 years earlier, and it was just unearthed and it uh, made it to the top of the charts, which is really really cool. Yeah, but I like... think it was also just a tribute to Black women. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, there's, cool. yeah, well, that gets us to Kamala's Walk On Music, which was Mary J. Blige's Work That, um, not Work It, which is another Mary J. Blige song. Uh, is it Work It a. Um, oh, that's Missy Elliott. That's Missy Elliott. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, but the, <laughs> correct. That's a year. Song. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good song. <laughs> And yet, not a, and yet not a Mary J. Blige song. Um, yeah. So I wrote, down, I wrote down some of the lyrics here from Work That that I think are um, very appropriate for the occasion um, for Kamala walking on. It said, I hear you've been running from the beautiful queen that you could be becoming. Just because the length of your hair ain't long and they often criticize you for your, for your skin tone, want to hold your head high because you're a pretty woman. Read the book of my life and see I've overcome it. Mm. That's pretty cool, yes. right? Right? Yes. And then uh, with a somewhat different feel, <laughs> when Doug Emhoff, the new second gentleman, walked on stage, <laughs> um, they played Tom Petty, uh, I Won't Back Down. I Won't Love Back Down. Right. Also dead. So there's a lot of dead people here. <laughs> um, but Tom yes, Petty's family. Dead. Yes. Tom Petty's estate. Uh, who's very active, apparently, second only to Laura Branigan's estate, um, <laughs> tweeted that that they were touched by um, by the use of the thing, of the song, especially since I think Tom Petty had been used in an unauthorized way by other Republican campaigns before, so they, they definitely they, approved Trump of this. Trump used it, and, and they asked him to stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yep. we'll get we'll get that's a trend. We'll get back to that. And then they played Tina Turner, Simply the Best, which is obviously a great song, but was also um, a I don't want to say a dog whistle to Shit's Creek, like as a as a gay, a gay <laughs> anthem for Shit's Creek, because <laughs> you know the scene I'm talking about? No, no, but I saw a lot of people talking about Shit's Creek around that song. <laughs> yes, there's some scene where the guy and his gay boy, he gets serenaded by his boyfriend in a video store or something, and he sings simply the best. Um, so good on that. And then, to your point about reclaiming songs from Donald Trump and the GOP, Bruce Springsteen, they played... We Take Care of Our Own, which is not a well-known song. It's from, I don't know, eight years ago or something on one of his... It's a fantastic song. It's... But it was, a, it was a fantastic song and patriotic, but also empathetic. Obviously, We Take Care of Our Own and a great summary of, uh, of, uh, of the whole campaign. So, And the coming Biden presidency. So I feel like the music, as much as the words, put us in the right frame of mind for the next four years, hopefully the next eight or 12 years. So, um, yep, to whoever was working at Spotify over time to put together that playlist. To put together this playlist, yes. Yes, um, yep, to all of this. Yep, yep, to the music. Yep, to the music. Okay, well, that was our the version of our summer music series. That was our election music series. And we move on because you have a yep now, too. Yeah, so this is a huge yep. And this yep goes to the great Stacey Abrams. Um, this woman, total powerhouse. She's... A politician, a romance novelist, a lawyer, an activist. She's a romance novelist? Yes. Yeah. She's written like three books. Yeah. And she's just 
one of our finest living humans. She's like a ninja. So she ran for she's incredible. Yeah, she's she, she has replaced Madonna as my favorite new like gap tooth goddess. Like I love her. <laughs> yes. She's <a> she owns <laughs> she owns that gap. <laughs> she's fallen to I'll fall into that. I'll fall into that gap. God. <laughs> for sure. So she ran for governor in 2018 and like, quote unquote, lost to Brian Kemp, who was Georgia's secretary of state at the time. And therefore, he was in control of the elections and he had purged over a million Georgians from the voter rolls. So he was able to declare victory via his own voter suppression. But Stacey did not back down to like Tom Petty. Tom Petty again. No. <laughs> right. She she would not. Um, instead of backing down, she doubled down. She started a nonprofit called Fair Fight Action that created voter protection teams in 20 states. She registered 800,000 Georgians before this election. And thanks to her efforts, Georgia went blue for the first time since Bill Clinton ran for his first term. Which Crazy. is insane. Insane. Like, I mean, Sing- I like just cry single, talking single about handed, it. Single-handed. <laughs> single-handed. Yes. Right? If yes. Jim if yes. Jim Clyburn like delivered South Carolina and the nomination to Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams did that for this election. Right. But he didn't deliver South Carolina. <laughs> no, I mean, the pri- in the primaries, he got Joe the nomination. Oh, the primary. okay. There's probably so much he could do for a presidential election <laughs> right, in South Carolina. I mean, let's be realistic here. <laughs> that's true. Um, but OK, so not only do we have Stacey to thank for flipping Georgia, but she may also wind up flipping the Senate because now there are two runoff races happening in Georgia in early January. And Stacey told uh, Stephen Colbert this week that she celebrated Trump's loss for about 17 minutes on Saturday (laughs) afternoon. And then she just got right back to work. And, you know, I'm just going to say we all need to get back to work because this is not over. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to gasenate.com where you can contribute to Stacey Abrams work and help John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock win their elections. And, um, that would give Democrats control of the Senate and that's, Mitch that's McConnell. Rev, that's Reverend Raphael Warnock and Rabbi yes. John Ossoff. Yes. <laughs> Cantor, Cantor John Ossoff. Cantor John Ossoff. He's really cute, by the way. Yeah, I love those um, ears. I love those ears. Yes. <laughs> but so um, Stacey Abrams said, Mitch McConnell is not a good leader. He's not a good man. And we cannot withstand four more years of blocking and denying the needs of Americans. And I could not... Agree more. I already signed up to hand uh, to mail handwritten postcards to Georgia voters. I will be contributing to this to these Georgia Senate races. And I know we're tired, but we um, we need to do this. But um, so yep to Stacey Abrams. And she's going to be like, um, I don't even think people are saying she should run for office again. And maybe if she, she should do whatever she wants. But like she could be such a big like power broker behind the scenes. Like I think she could be more powerful behind the scenes than than running for office i mean there's... they should make her the head of like the dnc or something like yeah that's kind of a that. that's that's kind of a dead-end job i think that's like i don't ah. know she needs to do something big she needs to fix the the democratic party like maybe, I just maybe she could be her. kamala's vice president in four years oh yes that would be fantastic yes i would i want endorse. i want to take it with two black women we endorse <laughs> do you remember i don't do you remember that like two years ago i was gonna say we but it was really you endorsed kirsten gillibrand for president <laughs> <laughs> let's 
listen. We got you know? carried away. She said something cool. We got carried away, and we were practically inaugurating her. It's a good thing that our opinion counts for nothing. We and were... that our predictions are so terrible, but <laughs> but you know we backed the wrong we backed the wrong horse in that <laughs> in that race for sure. Um, okay. But you know, in addition to Stacey Abrams, I want to recognize a a more you know unsung hero of election. Wait, wait we were going to do a, we were going to do a list of unsung heroes, and I proposed Stacey Abrams, and you vetoed it because you're like, no, she's a sung hero. People she's know. not an unsung hero. She's sung. Everyone's singing. It's not, she's not like okay. some unknown. But this person who I'm about to tell you about is relatively unknown. This is a man named Bill Penzi. He's the chief executive of a Wisconsin spice manufacturer <laughs> called Penzi Spices. And he was once a guest on this very podcast. And um, he previously raised $700,000 for ads on Facebook to support Donald Trump's impeachment. And more recently, after the murder of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, he said he was going to, quote unquote, loot his own store and give all the spices to food pantries. And this was in response to someone writing to him and telling him that he'd feel differently about police violence and the Black Lives Matter movement if his own store was looted. And he was like, fuck that. Go ahead. Loot my store. I'll loot my own store. I'll give all this shit away. Um, I didn't people know matter story. more than stuff. Yeah. So, he did, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't kept in touch with us. Sometimes our guests, you know, stay in touch. Maybe he and, will now that we gave him this huge <laughs> yup alongside Stacey Abrams. <laughs> but so, I mean, my point is, I don't think that he was single handedly responsible for flipping Wisconsin the way Stacey was for Georgia. But every a little bit helps. He and, was part um, of it. Bill Penzi, we see you. We he see. Spiced, you. <laughs> he spiced it up. Although this is actually, we almost dedicate this uh, episode to you because after he was on the show, didn't he? He wrote us like a critique to us. Were about like where he told us what he liked about the show, which oh, were he had very notes. flattered. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he sent us show. He sent us notes, <laughs> um, and one of the things he said, and and this is a testament to his good nature. He said like it's so negative. Talk about the nopes. I think you should call it like this weekend. Yup. Um, yeah. And just do the do the bright side of life. No, and, he said this week in hope. And we oh, this week in hope, the... right? With those, and that's exactly this. what we're doing this week because we finally feel hopeful and well, like it just we couldn't do it inauthentically. We had to wait for the hope to come. And it so took here a while. It took a while for us to get to your notes, but uh, here we are. We're <laughs> we listened. An authentic place. <laughs> we are coachable. <laughs> it just takes us a while to get there. Okay, so you up to Stacey Abrams, yay, and, yay. and Bill Penzi, yes. okay, <laughs> equally important in our democracy. <laughs> okay, um, my next yup goes to the fact that we have a new sexiest man alive uh, from People, Ma not from People Magazine, from America has spoken, and that sexiest man is Steve Kornacki from MSNBC. Yes. Okay, so adding drama to this, MSNBC. This young man, not that he's 41, must have stood at that MSNBC map for 100 hours straight. So much so that he started to get a cult following. They had a Kornacki cam on him so that even while they were in like in breaks, in, in commercial breaks, it was like a little corner with the Kornacki cam. And he's like hunched over doing math on paper and doing math in his head. And he was basically up for a week straight. And I just saw a thing. They asked him how much did he sleep when it was over. He said he slept 15 and a half hours. Um, so he 
he kind of gained a cult following within MSNBC. All the anchors were like, you know, ribbing him good naturedly about how he doesn't sleep, about where's his Diet Coke. Um, but then, of course, he blew up Twitter. And uh, trending was uh, hashtag Kornacki thirst. Um, because he was becoming such a sex symbol. He was called the chart throb, the map, the map daddy, and course course snacky. He is quite a, a snack. <laughs> right. He's a delicious little morsel. Course snacky. <laughs> but like there's also a whole thing about his pants. Yeah, no, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay. there. Right, right. So yes, he did amazing map work, but that's not what he's known for. And as you point out, every icon must have a signature look. <laughs> and he yes. has a very distinctive signature look. He wore the same outfit night and day for weeks. It's a white button-down shirt, uh, mustard pants, like with like pleated so that he looked like he had like an erection tent the whole time, but it didn't. It was just like badly gapping. Um, maybe he has an erection. <laughs> I don't like, listen. Could we blame him? Like, this was the moment he was excited. waiting for. Probably had people tweeting him dick pics and whatnot. Who among us didn't get excited when Georgia what? flipped? <laughs> Um, and uh, he had the same tie, and we found out afterwards. He tweeted that the tie was held together by staples, like the. the yes, the, I saw that. What was going on with that tie? Why did it look like it had been run over by like a tractor? <laughs> because it had been run over by a tractor. That <laughs> <laughs> the famous MSNBC tractor it. pull. I don't know. He's always <laughs> turning around. It's always whipping in the air. Willy so it nilly. was just like erosion? Like yes. <laughs> the particles just eroded off of it. Um, and then here's a real... So there was a Twitter campaign that he should donate it to the Smithsonian as part of American history, which I think oh, would be a great should. idea. Yep. And then here's a really weird uh, quote. So Lawrence O'Donnell, one of the other... One of the lesser MSNBC hosts, tweeted at him about the tie, that he needed a new tie. He goes, Steve, go to my fifth floor closet and grab a dozen, like new ties. But that... 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 The real question there is, why does Lawrence O'Donnell have five floors in his house? Like, what does he live in a castle, in a tower? Like, yes, my fifth yes. floor closet. Don't go to the sixth floor closet. Go to the fifth floor closet. What do I mean? Does, I, I want. Can we find out where he lives? Yeah, I'm just interested. Google him. I don't know. <laughs> the it's uh, no, that's done from Thirty Rock, so it must be in New York. And so he's... he has a five-story <laughs> home in New York. He's I... not that rich. Like... <laughs> he's definitely one of the lesser MSNBC stars. It's yes. not like he's negotiating like NFL contracts. <laughs> like he's like he probably gets paid, you know, three quarters, seven fifty is my guess. What do you think yeah. he gets paid? Yeah. yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, that's like... fine, but that's not five story New York City townhouse money. No. 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 Okay. Wow, he just wanted to brag that he had a fifth floor. That wasn't a <laughs> Yeah, real, that was like, like a subtle, that was a humble brag. That was such a humble yeah, brag. He was, first of all, he was jealous of Steve Kornacki. So instead of like just going to his house and getting a tie and bringing it to the office or dropping it like off Like a his mensch, house, right? He had like to show up that he, he had, had 12 ties his... in his fifth floor closet. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, and Fuck then you, Lawrence O'Donnell. Don't, no, <laughs> no, 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 no negativity. <laughs> no, no negativity. All yups, all yups. <laughs> and then there's Sorry. this, there's this GIF 
gift gif um, of the moment that you refer alluded to when uh, when Pennsylvania flipped, and it's him pointing to the map. Uh, orgasmically, like flipping around, pointing to the map of Pennsylvania with the words, there it is, there it is. Um, and I've seen that on all over the place. So I decided I had read up about Steve Kornacki before, very familiar with him, but I just did my little Wikipedia research. He went to BU. He got a start on uh, New Jersey cable news. Um, and uh, not only is he gay, but he came out in this uh, 2011 column he wrote in Salon that I read I went back and read it. It's beautifully written. It's very uh, it's very easy to relate to if you're gay or if you're straight. And he came out a little later. He came out in his mid-20s, it sounds like, like I did. And um, he did a really good job of sort of capturing the difficult. I mean, now it's different kids come out in seventh grade. But um, he really kind of captured what that's like. Um, he's single as far as I know. So boys, get out your grinder. Like even if he's yes. no, even if there's no face pic, just look for those mustard pants and the bolt at <laughs> the tent bulge in his crotch. And you know, he's ready, ready for action. Me. What do they look they, like? Is it like the like Yanni greenish, dress? Green. Yeah. I think it's like the, the, <laughs> the, the Yanni, the Laurel, whatever, <laughs> Laurel dress. Yanni and the dress. Yeah. Right. Wait, what color? Like brown, brownish green to me. Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes. My friend By Byron has the exact same pair. Oh, and the last thing I want to say about this is I got to compare him to John King on CNN, who was terrible. Oh, yeah. So between him and Wolf Blitzer, like the two of them, I couldn't take it. John King stands there in his, like, he, he zooms in on the maps onto a county, and he'll talk about the county for like 10 minutes, and he doesn't even tell you what state the county is, and it's not labeled. <laughs> you don't know, you're like flying in space. You right, right. Anywhere. So he's like, and here's what's happening in Schmutzy County. <laughs> right? Like, you got the urban areas here that went for Hillary by 10 points, but now they're going for Biden in 11 points. And you're like, where is Schmutzy County? I've never heard of it. Um, <laughs> by the time yeah, you've it looked exist. it up, it's, by the time you've looked it up, it's, he's on to Schmagoo County and you don't know where that yeah. is either. Um, but anyway, he's sitting there, standing there in those like, like those tailored shirts um, and those tailored suits. And then Steve Kornacki got his outfit at like the Gap at best, right. probably Old Navy. Um, yes. and, um, I just love that Steve Kornacki owns it. So, yep. He just walked onto the scene and was like, he's like, this was, this like was made, John this King. was, this job was made for me. It's a moment. Yeah. <laughs> hold, hold my beer. Here I go. <laughs> okay. So, yep, Steve, Steve yep, Steve Kornacki. Okay. Um, Rachel, who's next or what's okay, next? This is, this is like the ultimate Yep. Um, it, it goes to four seasons, total landscaping. Total. Um, so, I love total landscaping. Total. It's not partial. It's not like half landscaping. It's total. So um, I realized that this whole delusion that Trump won the election is destructive to our democracy, to say the least, and very dangerous. But sometimes a gift arrives in the form of a <laughs> Philadelphia mulch business. And far be it from us to reject that Wait, gift. do they so, specialize in mulch or are they yes. end to end? Oh, so they're not end to end. They're not total no, landscaping. No, I, th I oh, interesting. No, I think I think they're end to end. I think right. they do everything. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm I don't the, know. They're the I, whole I, supply I, chain. They're not just the mulch yes. unit. They're not the blockchain. They're chain. vertically <laughs> integrated <laughs> supply chain. So it's a huge yup. <laughs> Let me just step back and summarize what went down on Saturday, yes, just please. as the decisive votes in Pennsylvania were being counted. 
Donald Trump tweeted that there would be a lawyer's press conference at 11 a.m. at the Four Seasons Philadelphia. But a few minutes later, the tweet was deleted and it was replaced by one that said, big press conference today at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, 11 a.m. <laughs> so this was a head scratcher. People were very confused. At first I was like, maybe Four Seasons Total Landscaping is a subsidiary of the Four Seasons Hotel. I thought maybe it got hacked or something. Like like the the Russians had hacked the, the Twitter account and, and oh. inserted landscaping total landscaping <laughs> interest that would be an unusual strategy okay i don't know what but, they hope um, to achieve by that but yeah it chaos. works <laughs> so <laughs> i was disabused of my idea that they were somehow related when the four seasons philadelphia hotel put out a tweet itself saying that it has nothing to do with any of this <laughs> the four seasons total leave us, landscaping leave us out of it <laughs> Yes, please exclude me from this narrative, as Taylor Swift once said to Kim Kardashian. Um, they said uh, Four Seasons is no relation, no relation with the hotel. Okay, so then what is this event space suitable for a presidential lawyer press conference offered at Total Four Seasons Total Landscaping? Let's talk about where it is first. It is in a neighborhood that can be described as somewhat rough it's just up, off and, com of the up and coming up and coming up and coming uh, <laughs> promising right. um due, to, due uh, to be rezoned <laughs> yes tax abatements everywhere <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we get it yes so. it's a, sh a shithole country <laughs> so this business is right off the i-95 expressway and it is situated next to a sex shop or an erotic bookstore and across the street from a crematorium um <laughs> the event space itself was a parking lot with a podium set up in front of this green crumbling structure with a trump poster taped to the front of a oh, garage there's no and better there's... metaphor what a metaphor for the whole i know trump era. i know God. And there's Rudy Giuliani Ugh. shouting about unfounded conspiracy theories and voter fraud. And then like the most perfect thing happened, like the stars just aligned as he's speaking, the election is called and the crowd of like, I don't know, four <laughs> to 10 people. By the way, this is the first um, of, like socially distance, appropriately hygienic event that the Trump campaign has ever run. Right. It's right. an outdoor event with four people. So right. small group size. Standing unfortunately, like six unfortunately feet apart. right. Rudy was probably spitting into the crowd, which is just called Rudy talking. Um, but yes. OK, so the election was called while he was speaking. Yes. And so they're trying to get his attention, the crowd. Um, and I use that term lightly <laughs> they say rudy they just called it for biden and he's like who did and they said the networks and he's like which networks and they were just like all of them <laughs> so like what a moment for this small business um gamers after the like it went totally viral on twitter gamers created four seasons total landscaping vr chats where you can like have conversations as like animals situated <laughs> in four seasons total landscaping event spaces and then people are using it for their zoom backgrounds i should have used it tonight actually that would have been fun oh, that would have been great yeah yeah um good well uh i give a yup to them for pulling off the biggest like free branding 
fucking coup ever. I mean, everybody yes. in the Philadelphia area is now going to get their mulch at Four Seasons Total <laughs> Landscaping. The brand totally. awareness, their Q score went through the roof. This um, is- but I still like I've read like 50 articles about this and I still don't have a satisfactory answer to a couple of burning questions like why was Four Seasons Total Landscaping selected for this press conference and by whom? Those two questions have not been answered. I think someone just to, to the bottom of this. I think someone just barked to Rudy or one of his heads like, let's schedule this. Where should we do it? I don't know. Somewhere not for the four seasons. And then some intern went into Google and like Googled four seasons on Google Maps and like just whatever thought it was a landscaping company and just tweeted it out. <laughs> no, but Trump, oh, Trump, Trump first tweeted. tweeted. So I think I think it was a bit inverse of that. I think Jared is responsible somehow and that Trump was like, we need to have a press conference, big, big press conference somewhere. Great. And Jared said, oh, yeah, we'll do it at the Four Seasons or something. And then when they called the Four Seasons and they said, fuck, no, he tried to save face by being like, oh, I thought you meant Four Seasons (laughs) total. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. But the yup does go to the total landscaping for pulling off this branding coup. We need more of you. And and yup to the, the the adult bookstore. I don't know what, how many books they sell. <laughs> Fantasy Island Adult Bookstore, yes. And the crematorium. Their <laughs> crematorium. <business laughs> In fact, that whole area is becoming a boom town now. That is it is it is the urban redevelopment it's that the we epicenter need. of It'll be the best thing that Donald research. Trump it's the best thing that Donald Trump did for our cities. Um, let's rejuvenate that area of Philadelphia. So, yup, yup, to all the good that came from that. Rachel, you have one more. This was going to be an afterthought, and then I saw a little bit of the article, (laughs) and I'm like, this deserves a very deep dive. I don't even know how to begin. So the past few days have had heroes, and they've had villains, but so many of us are just innocent bystanders watching history unfold. And the greatest of those innocent bystanders <laughs> is Patty LaBelle. Um, but so she's a victim usually, also. <laughs> sort of. Let me, she's, she's a, of a victim. It's not a victimless crime. <laughs> Patty <laughs> LaBelle is smeared. Okay, go tell the story. So usually at this time of year, we're talking about Patty LaBelle because she makes these great frozen sweet potato pies. Wait, wait a <laughs> Who's talking about Patty LaBelle's potato? <laughs> frozen sweet potato? I've never talked about Patty LaBelle's. They're very popular. She has a brand. She has these sweet potato pies that you can buy for like $4 at a supermarket. And they're delicious. And a lot of people have them for Thanksgiving. So okay. I'm unfamiliar this, with her culinary <laughs> We're in November. It's a very Patty LaBelle moment. But now her good name has been besmirched just right before Thanksgiving after she was dragged into this drama in Pennsylvania. Yet again, Pennsylvania is like going completely insane between the former Lehigh High Valley Commissioner, a Republican named Dean Browning, and a Twitter user named Dan Purdy322. And what does any of this have to do with Patty LaBelle? And I asked myself the same question when I saw her trending on Twitter in connection with this. And let me just say it is complicated. Okay. Try to try to try to keep it simple. <laughs> okay. Dean Browning, the former Republican commissioner of the Lehigh Valley, who is white. <laughs> sent out a tweet on Monday saying the following, quote, I'm a black gay guy. 
And I can, I can personally say that Obama did nothing for me. My life only changed a little bit and it was for the worse. Everything is better under Trump though. I feel respected, which is never true when Democrats are involved. So the tweet was quickly deleted, but it was obviously screenshotted by journalists and it went viral. And it seemed that Dean Browning had a fake account in which he was posing as a black gay man, Trump supporter. Um, but Browning said that it was not the case. And his explanation was that he was simply cutting and pasting a DM that he had received from a black gay Trump supporter. And he's sorry that the context was unclear because yes, that's totally normal right. to just cut and paste a, you know, a DM and just tweet it without any quotations or anything like that. Okay. So then the plot thickened. Um, online sleuths noticed that a frequent replier to Dean Browning on Twitter is a user with the handle Dan Purdy 322 who frequently refers to himself in tweets as black and gay. So people started speculating that maybe Dan Purdy was a quote unquote sock puppet account, which is an account <laughs> that is created under a false identity with the purpose of trolling or misleading. Wait, didn't Mitt Romney but have one? Yeah, what what was it called? Um, Pierre something. <laughs> Pierre Lafontaine or something. <laughs> yes, and he was always like replying to like Mitt Romney official tweets, being like, "Great idea, Mittens." But <laughs> <laughs> but it was so innocent back then. Yes, yes, it was like that was just an easy. Pierre boost. wasn't like I'm a black gay man. <laughs> No, no. And, and, and Pierre was just like being positive. He was yeah. just trying to like, but this guy was negative. So Dean Browning was sticking to his story and something strange happened after that. And this is where Patty LaBelle gets dragged into this whole thing. So Dan Purdy 322, this account posted a video of a person speaking directly to the camera who says, hey guys, my name is Dan Purdy and I am indeed a gay black man. He then proceeds to affirm that he sent the original direct message to Browning, quote, because I had a problem with how people of my race and sexual persuasion are, treated, are treating Donald Trump. Okay. So then, so this video is posted and then people notice that this guy claiming to be Dan Purdy 322 strongly resembles someone else named Bill Holt. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bill Holt is like a new character. Is everyone keeping, <laughs> we need like the cast of characters to follow along at home. So we've got Patty LaBelle. It's like a Shakespeare not... play. Yes. And we haven't even <laughs> yes. gotten to Patty LaBelle yet. <laughs> now we're... Right. So, okay, so beyond surface similarities between these two men, Bill Holt and Dan Purdy, Holt's social media accounts use the same pictures and avatars as Dan Purdy 322, which is suspicious. Yes. So um, Bill Holt's Facebook page likes the page of Candace Owens for president 2024. So we know he's like a crazy right winger. Yeah. And it also contains some photos and videos of a woman who appeared to be Patty LaBelle. And there was some confusion about like, what is her relationship with this guy, Bill Holt? At first people were like, oh my God, it's Patty LaBelle's son. And then they were like, no, this is Patty LaBelle's nephew. And the truth, like in so many situations lies somewhere in the middle. Patty LaBelle adopted the two children of her sister, Jackie Holt, <laughs> after she died in 1989. So Bill Holt is both her son and her nephew. <laughs> and her father. And, <laughs> and her 
for uncle. So <laughs> many questions remain, but I gotta, I just okay, have so to give a Bill big yup to Patty LaBelle. Is, wait, Bill Holt is a, could, is or could be a black gay man. Yes. Okay. Correct. Good. Except that so nobody, Holt, no, no one who's gay would ever refer to it as a sexual persuasion. I know. And the question That's is fishy. this. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that much like Four Seasons Total Landscaping, a lot has not yet been revealed. Like, has Bill Holt always been Dan Purdy or did he just assume this identity to help get the Lehigh Valley former commissioner out of trouble? In this one, the instance, stakes are very right? low in this too. Like the Lehigh <laughs> Valley Republican Commissioner is former. Not, <laughs> former is not usually like a jumping-off point to great power. Like <laughs> no, no. So you wonder why? What was the? Did he call this person or like? I I don't understand. I need to know the mechanics of how this video came to <laughs> Books be. Books will be written. And, and, <laughs> And at any rate, the the Dan Purdy three twenty two account was um, disabled on Twitter because it was impersonating Dan Purdy. Who I don't know, <laughs> I don't know I, what I don't happened. Know okay, yep, Patty Labelle. Yep, <laughs> to Patty Labelle. You didn't ask for this. All you did was adopt your dead sister's children and yeah no and by the way on patty labelle's facebook page there's a photo of her the top photo is her posing in a mask with kamala harris so i can only imagine that she is greatly wait what kind of mask you know they're wearing like face like covid face oh uh, oh i see (laughs) so it was like a recent not like a halloween costume mask it was a no 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 it was like a recent fundraiser so she's obviously like a big supporter and uh this this has to be a a low blow for her son slash nephew we're sorry patty you deserve a big yup Big yup to you. Yeah. Stand by your principles. Okay. That is the end of our yups. And now, like I said, flipping the script, we're going not the ray of light, the beacon of hope, but the the black hole. The (laughs) The black hole. The 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 pit of despair. The the pit of vipers we call the nopes. (laughs) Uh, And this week, it's a little bit of a melange, a little bit of a collage of uh, the crazy religious wingnuts of the GOP who have emerged in ever greater force since uh, this decisive election. Um, Rachel, can you start the tour through these crazies? Yes. Okay. So the first one is... um the White House spiritual advisor, Paula White, who is one of these like um, prosperity evangelists. And I just, I don't know how to explain this. I think we should just um, play the tape. For I hear victory, 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 victory in the quarters of heaven, in the quarters of heaven, victory, 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 victory. For angels are being released right now. Angels are being dispatched right now. Hamanda ata ata rata teda baka sanda ata ambo osa tata rite eke banda ata rite didi ashata. For angels have even been dispatched from Africa right now. Africa. Right. So. <laughs> what's what's so i mean if she was just speaking in tongues gibberish i could get what it is and if she was just ranting english words i can get what it is i think what's so you know discomforting is like the the, the combination of the two it's jarring yes. like you're yes, listening and then- you're like is that a word or is that a- 
Right, right. It should be one or the other, like choose a lane. And also speaking of lanes, there is a, <laughs> as she's speaking, there's a video of this. There is a person walking behind her back and forth and like pacing. It's like a guy, like a dude in a t-shirt, right? And a towel? And it looks like he's holding a towel. Like it looks like he's at the gym and can't, like, can't find the Walking sauna. through the locker room looking for the sauna. <laughs> And, like, he's just completely ignoring the fact that this woman is having, like, a, a meltdown, and he's just pacing, and it's like, sir, sir, do you need directions? Like, can I can I help you? We'll, we'll he was, post a he link. He was carrying a book, too. We, I think he had a book that maybe he was going to read it in the sauna. It was going to get. <laughs> Probably. It's a Bible. <laughs> it's a special waterproof Bible, sauna Bible. Perfect Christmas gift for the coming season. Okay. So okay. No, so that was Paula White. To... Then, uh, yes. then who else do you have? Next, we have uh, Michelle Bachman, who is you know one of the Tea Party co-founders. Yeah, and she, a ran for president in she, she ran for president in two thousand twelve. She was president. like the front runner for eighty seconds or whatever. I mean, we should have known then that the Republican Party had just gone to the to the QAnon wolves. Um, so she's here um, ranting against Joe Biden's victory, asking God to grab an iron rod and smash the clay jar of deceit in America. And like, if you watch her, you what is that see... metaphor from? Is that a biblical metaphor? Like, I, I, why a clay jar of defeat? Like, I'm not a biblical scholar, but I've never heard of that before. I've clay, only read the Bible. I've only read the Bible in the sauna, and uh, <laughs> it was a little hard to make out because of the condensation. But I don't remember anything about that about the clay jars. But maybe no, okay, it's clay jars. Okay, so so she's making the same gesture as Paula White the whole time she's speaking like she's like spraying holy water on onto like a table or something oh, but let's let's just hear the clip I ask oh God that you would take your iron rod and I ask that you would smash the clay jar of deceit in America smash the clay jar of delusion in the United States of America smash the delusion father of joe biden is our president he is not yeah. would you take your iron rod and smash the strong delusion that nancy pelosi does have her house of representatives we don't know that smash it in jesus name smash lord the takeover of the u.s senate by chuck schumer lord smash it with your iron rod Okay. okay so. so that was interesting. Um, and then, like, I, I you know, it, it is what it is. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a cop out. Grab, We're supposed to have funny things to say. You can't just say it is what it is. There's really, I, I mean, okay, what do you think? Oh, I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> just, in other words, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so finally, I offer Ken Kenneth Copeland, who runs a Texas mega church and um, is like 86 years old or something, but he's had more plastic surgery than the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and is like, looks like um, he has a mask on his face almost. It's, it's very off putting. And I can't even begin to describe what is happening here in his church. So let's just play the, the tape. <laughs> the media said, what? <laughs> 
the media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 Okay, so another crazy person. So these people are, I don't, I mean, it seems like they're following the lead of Donald Trump, who is a big um, fan of Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking. And it's like taking it to this extreme of just like thinking that if they chant loudly enough or laugh or throw invisible water... (laughs) They can turn Donald Trump into the president. When, <laughs> and it worked he, well, It worked once, four years ago. It did. And, and uh, we have to make sure that it does not succeed again. Um, these are delusional people who are seriously insane. So nope to Paula White. Nope to Michelle Bachman. Nope to... Kenneth Copeland, let's, what is it? I hear the sound of thunder and rain. <laughs> Africa, Africa, Africa. Africa, may they be stricken from, from the earth. From the record. Okay. Okay, those are our very brief notes. Um, wow, what a week it's been. Congratulations. Um, we made it through. We're going to have to have a real deep think about what it means to uh, be noping back in the Biden era. I'm sure there will still be plenty of terrible things going on. The The battle is not over. Um, no. We'll have an ally in the White House, but the forces, I have a feeling the forces of MAGA will not go lightly. So we're going to no. have plenty of material from now until we get bored of doing this podcast. So yeah, never fear. So let's never fear. <laughs> let's focus on Georgia. Let's stay connected and um, let's stay safe because there is some seriously bad COVID news happening and it's uh, it's worrisome. So stay safe, everybody. Right. But until then, this has been a wonderful week and a wonderful podcast to record. So thank you for listening. And then this has been Yup, the podcast where we get turned up. Mama. Mm-hmm.